Hello and welcome to Portrait Cast episode 15. As always, I'm Rick. On this edition of the podcast, I sit down with sketch comedian and risk storytelling guru Kevin Allison, who got his start with the seminal comedy group The State. But first, let's take a quick dip into the Portrait Cast email bag and see what lurks within. As always, any questions or comments can be directed to rick at portroids.com. Dear Rick, dear seems a little familiar, but I'll allow it. Dear Rick, I love Portroid Cast and the great guests you get for interviews. Thank you. But what is Portroids? Signed, Clueless Joe. Well, Joe, Portroids is a project I started seven and a half years ago, wherein I'd take Polaroid portraits, portmanteaued into Portroids, uh, so I'd take Polaroid portraits of people I know or know of and have them autograph the Polaroids as they develop. As my collection grew, I built a website, Portroids.com, to showcase the pictures, and then ultimately started a podcast, this very Portroid cast, of interviews with some of the people who appear on the site in order to give some insights into who they are and why I find them interesting. Next letter. Hey, Rick at Portroids.com. I see Portroids now has a fan page on Facebook. Cool. Yes, thanks for seeing that. I started a uh, Facebook fan page last week as yet another place to showcase some of my photos, and I linked it to my Twitter page and Tumblr, but not Flickr yet. Search all those sites for Portroids and follow or like. I'll really appreciate it. Last email. Rick, are any of these emails real? I mean, you've never given out your email address on any of the prior Portroid casts, so what gives? That's all the time we have for listener emails. Keep them coming by emailing rick at portroids.com. And maybe next time your email will get read on the podcast. Now let's get to my interview with comedian Kevin Allison. We recorded at the Purple Onion in San Francisco during SF Sketchfest right before his show, Risk. There were a few interruptions due to him having to coordinate some last-minute show details, but I hope the cuts don't prove too disruptive. So now, enjoy Portrait Cast Interview with Kevin Allison. Hello, I'm here at the uh, Purple Onion at SF Sketchfest with Kevin Allison. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Uh, dive right in. Um, you grew up on, in Ohio. Yes, I grew up in Cincinnati. Yes, and uh, moved to New York and attended NYU. That's right. Uh, what led you there for your studies, and how, while there, did you end up joining the comedy group that ultimately became the state? Uh, I wanted to study film, and it was funny because, you know, uh, I was very, very, very aware that I was gay all throughout my childhood, so I I also just wanted to get to New York City <laughs> because Cincinnati was a very conservative town. Um, but when I got there, I saw the first show that the state did. Yeah. They were called the New Group the in the New very Group, beginning, sure. and it was electric. Like like everyone in the audience was so excited once the show started that there was this kind of deja vu feeling. Like it was kind of like, oh, we we know this in our heads. This is already a classic. And the state itself was so excited. I was. I said to my friends, I'm going to get into that group if it kills me. And I spent two years, like, kind of stalking the group. Yeah. I would go places and take off all my clothes at parties. Just do any crazy thing I could do to, to be like, awareness. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was always auditioning. And finally, when I was a junior, because for the longest time I was their tech guy, but when I was a junior, Mike Blackpool me aside and he was like, look, we know you want to be in the group, yeah. so we've decided, let's do it. 
So it's great. Um, as a member of the state, which originally aired while I was in college and uh, became actually the benchmark for which I judged all future comedy, uh, and you were actually the star of uh, my, my favorite state sketch, which was Seattle Ride Chair. Where, oh my God! Uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that was my favorite one. But uh, what was the experience like in general making the show for MTV, and what were some of your favorite memories? Uh, well, you know, it was funny. We were, even when we were in college, we were very, very competitive with each other. It was a pecking order kind of developed. It was a very, you know, like lots of rivalries and cliques in the group. So we were kind of like a dysfunctional family. We dearly loved each other and still love each other, but testing stuff. Yeah. But it could get pretty heated sometimes as to who was able to get a sketch on or, or what the casting would be. And then MTV made things a little bit harder in the beginning by insisting that we dumb everything down and and, uh, and aim for popular culture sure. references. So it was, I, I don't know when that sketch, the Seattle Ride Share, Share sketch came about. I do remember that I was so scared of not getting enough material into the show at that point. I think I wrote all the jokes for that. I think I got some, bought some cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the inspiration for me writing that sketch, which was ridiculous because I don't do well on anything like that. Yeah. So I spent the whole day like talking into a tape recorder, not jokes, but yeah. just ridiculous random shit. And then finally I was like, okay, cocaine did not work. <laughs> Maybe just using my imagination would work. I wrote a bunch of uh, jokes down. And then it was one of those things where we really improvised it throughout yeah. the whole day. Uh, some of the, the... One of the things that's so fun about the state is that a lot of the joking around that you hear after they yell cut yeah. is like some of the funniest shit. Yeah. So making that sketch was a ton of fun. And uh, you've stated in interviews uh, that you took it the hardest when the state in, in essence disbanded. Uh, what did it take for you to get back on stage again and start performing after that? Well, thanks. Alright, so we'll just continue from where we left off. Essentially the question was uh, what did it take for you to get back on stage and start oh. performing after that? Well, you know, it was so weird because I, one of the things the group used to say, one of our mantras was, we are not doing this for our own careers. We're going to stay together as an entity forever. So when we did disband, I was so like in shock and, and really worried that maybe I didn't have what it took to, to go solo. I started doing character monologues and I, I took no solace in the fact that they were going over huge at these places like Luna Lounge and the, this early Stella shows. I was doing really well, but I was just suffering from stage fright, you know, which is totally an illogical thing that you, that you have no control over. So the stage fright, like, like, really beat my ass for a while and kept me off stage for a while after I initially started. And then I didn't know what to do for the longest time. I was just auditioning for stuff and continuing to do, you know, uh, character monologues. And it wasn't until the 2009, I think, Sketchfest that I did another character monologue show out here. And it went over so poorly. And I talked to uh, Mike Black after the show. I said, what'd you think? And he said, I felt like you and the audience felt the exact same way. We all 
just wanted you to drop the act and start speaking as yourself. Yeah. I said, well, that terrifies me. And he said, well, it's a risk, but that's where great stuff comes from. So two days later, I went back to New York and tried telling a story, and it was just an instant connection. I was like, oh, my God, Eureka, this is it. So I just created risk in order to teach myself how to keep doing that, you know, in order to force myself to be getting up on stage regularly. And it's had the, just like the state, it's kind of had the wind at its back ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Great show. I listened to it. Uh, got it down on all. Oh, thank you. Um, now, taking your uh, invaluable experience as a collaborative performer, uh, you began teaching improv and sketch uh, and served as the artistic director of the People's Improv Theater. What made you want to teach and how, if at all, did, uh, did it differ from what you'd expected? Well, I, just just to be clear, I've never taught improv because oh, okay. I don't really know that much about improv. But sketch. Sketch, yes. definitely. Yeah, yeah. I was... Um, <laughs> about like when I was 30 uh, what was that 2000 uh, I had a Jungian therapist who said you've got to leave comedy because it's frivolous stuff you should write the great American novel so I was like okay it was the perfect excuse to run away yeah. uh, especially you know like obeying my stage fright so I tried uh, working in publishing for a while writing magazine articles and stuff like that and this place this, this media based magazine place called Media Bistro was like, oh, we also teach classes. Would you like to teach sketch comedy? And there was an instant click there. When I started teaching sketch comedy, I found that uh, I just was having so much fun that I immediately realized, oh, screw this. I have got to get back into doing this kind of stuff. So I've always enjoyed teaching because just like Risk, just like true storytelling, I'm able to be both sides of myself. I'm able to be like the friendly, sweet, polite guy and also the totally raunchy, bizarre, uh, <laughs> wild jerk. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's talk about Risk, uh, your storytelling show and podcast featuring tales people thought they'd never dare to share. Um, how do you book the show, choose the performers and themes, and ensure they stick to the general show's mission statement of taking the risk? Well, you know, there are times when we get rather lax. Like, for example, right here at this festival, the festival booked all of this talent, and I knew that these people were so talented and so experienced that I really just reached out to them and said, look, if you want to go over your stories with me first, I'd love to do that, but if you don't want to, I'm okay with that too. But normally in New York, I really do try to talk to people about their stories beforehand. Um, because I, you know, some performers are a little bit edgy about that because they're like, "Look, I perform all the time," but but doing a narrative, doing something with a narrative arc is a little bit different than what most like stand-ups are used to. Uh, and another thing that people aren't used to is not getting laughs. You know what I mean? Stand-ups are so used to laugh, 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 and stories demand not getting laughs at certain points. You know, and you've got to get comfortable with that. So. Uh, yeah, in the future, what I'm hoping to start, like, pushing people to do more is to start getting a little more heartfelt. Okay, yeah. We, we've, at this point, we've covered a lot of territory around sex, drugs, and poop. <laughs> yeah. 
which is all very fun. But I would love to start getting a little bit more of the opening the heart a yeah. little bit in some of the stories. Because I think that that is probably the riskiest stuff of all. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, in association with Risk, you offer storytelling classes yeah. uh, for individuals and businesses. Uh, and without giving away your lesson plan, what is one thing that makes a good story better? One thing that people like have to be reminded again and again and again is to not do so much narrative summary, which is just like a general way of saying, and then I, you know, the next year was kind of bad for me, and my mom was having problems, or, and to go into scenes, like, you know, uh, where you're going moment by moment through the visuals, where you're kind of telling the story in a more cinematic way and showing us what's happening and giving us the dialogue and all that sort of stuff. Right. And then I read online that you're working on a, an impossible new television show. Um, oh, I've, I've, been, I've been developing a uh, pilot for a while now, but you know, Risk kind of like uh, took over my life. <laughs> yeah, the tricky thing about TV show ideas, like I have pitched so many TV show ideas and I always feel like someone, if it's a really good idea, someone else is going to get it if they currently have more uh, presence already on TV. Okay, yeah. Like, uh, I did pitch the, an idea about a catering show, okay. uh, you know, uh, a couple years ago to, to Comedy Central and then Stars had a catering show yeah. with Ken Marino. And I just felt like, oh, well, you know, obviously someone's going to get the idea at some point to do a catering show. And if it's someone who's more in TV right now, I mean, people always say to me, Risk should be a TV show. I'm not so sure about that. I, I think stories work a little bit more with radio. Yeah. Uh, so it, it might work in some ways, but we'll have to think about that. All right, and then uh, last question is, uh, what's next and where can people find out more? Next, we're looking to start doing a lot more interacting with our audience uh, on the web. We'd like to start getting a lot more storytelling sharing going on amongst our fans. And we're, we'd like to do a lot more touring. Yeah. We're trying to encourage people at college. Like Brown University started this thing. They started an event, a Facebook event called I Want to See Risk at Brown. Okay, yeah. And you can only say you're going to attend if you're a student at Brown and you really are going to attend. So that then, we, you know, we've got like 300 people who signed up. So we say to local venues, hey, look, 300 people want to see this, so book us. Uh, so we're hoping to do a lot of that, a lot of touring of colleges and stuff. And people can find out more at risk-show.com. All right, excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking time to, to sit down with me for the interview. Thank you. All right, thanks, Kevin. All right. And thus ends another Portroidcast interview. I'd like to thank Kevin again for taking the time to meet with me, especially considering it was directly before he was going up on stage for his Risk show. And as you could hear, the audience was already filling the venue. Uh, my apologies for that, but uh, it's catch as catch can sometimes with these interviews. To find out more about the Risk storytelling shows, whether live or on podcast, go to risk-show.com. Thanks everyone for listening, and until next time, this is Rick saying goodbye forever.